So it's something like, uh, they're the best, worst friends. Best, worst friends. Best, worst friends. With Doug and Tim. Guys, welcome back to another episode of Best, Worst Friends. I'm Doug. That was a spooky one, dude. You're being spooky today. Pretty spooky for like how far away from Halloween we are. Episode 93, that's the voice of Tim. Hey, man. I, uh... How's your week been? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. Like, can't complain. I was at Levity this weekend. It was pretty fun shows. Like, the Saturday was pretty packed. Uh, They were a fun crowd. This lady afterwards, like, uh, Serena came out with me. And, like, this, like, uh, this middle-aged lady, she's just so drunk on, like, wine. She's looking at me. She's just like, you're gorgeous. You're (laughs) gorgeous. And I'm just, like, turn to Serena. Like, Jason's there. And I turn to Serena. I'm just like, why don't you ever tell me I'm gorgeous? (laughs) It was fun, man. It was a fun weekend of show. It was fun seeing, uh, like, getting her to meet Manolis and get her to see Levity. It's like, it's like a cool crossover episode of a TV show you like. Yeah, I always find those situations so stressful—just friends meeting friends, because I just change so much between people. Ah, uh, see, that's the thing. I feel like I'm pretty consistent between friend groups at this point. That. You know, I'm not going to have a weird adjustment if, oh, my other friend came over quick. I have to get my hair and hair gel and gel it back so I fit in with my cr- posse. Yeah, you I know? don't know if it's because you're a psychopath or because you're very well adjusted, that. but you're even the same person around like degenerate comedians as you are around your parents. <laughs> At this point, yeah. Which is yeah. insane. Well, yeah, you got to let you let them in. You let them see. Why not? Don't Why let not at see. this point? Don't let any of them see. No one's allowed to see. Well, here's the thing. You got to keep in mind, uh, you know, my parents aren't uh, like therapists. So <laughs> I can just say whatever the fuck I want. I'm not going to have to worry about worrying them too much, you know? Fair. You got to keep in mind that- where you where you come from. Uh, you know what? Serena summed up uh, how I am pretty well this weekend. She's like, you're kind of like progressive white trash i was like i like that i could like live in that that area that's a good guy to be i think yeah like maybe i'd say stuff that would get scoffed at in toronto but in in st thomas i'm like the flighty fucking you know telling people what they can or can't say kind of person oh yeah it's it's a fun like it's you have a fun little dichotomy where in the city you're like an you know alt right inbred hick, but in the small towns you're just like they throw homophobic slurs at you and yeah. call you a bitch. What's this liberal going on about? Big city pussy liberal. And, and I'm then, like, now fuck those guys. Yeah. Yeah, and then the city they're like, oh my god, this backwards hick coming in here. Yeah, it's it's a fun little thing you have. Thanks, man. Whereas, see, what you have to do is just let other people speak first and then just be like, yeah, man, totally, with whatever the fuck they say. It doesn't <laughs> matter. That's what I do. All that matters is being agreeable. Yeah. That's going to get you way farther in anything than anything else. The key is to be agreeable and then also don't absorb anything from anybody. You know what I mean? Where it's like, I, I agree with them. And then as soon as I leave, the conversation didn't 
affect oh, me yeah. in any permanent way. Oh yeah, yeah. and you have to like see the conversation for what it is. Like that one time I was at your place in Toronto, and that guy was hit me with all his conspiracies because I listened to the one, and he's like, oh, "I got to get them all out," you know? <laughs> yeah, guy, you realize yeah. what that is, you know? Yeah, he's probably just saying that out loud for the first time to another person, at least. You know, and instead he's of very pacing excited. around his room, he thinks he's made a friend. Yeah, figure out a way to get my light better. I think he's found That's a kindred fine. spirit. Yeah, not true. But I'll I'll give people that for the moment because why not? Why not? It's yeah. not just the worst. If I'm, I'll at least humor the the ones that aren't like awful, you know. But it's then you get into the the terrible ones like like this guy was hit me with some COVID ones and I was like, all right, I'll hear him out. And then he hits me with fucking you know the Holocaust didn't happen. And I was like, oh, I'll see you later, buddy. I don't know. Oh yeah. I don't know if I I'm got gonna that. stick around for this. I got that from a supervisor at like an old job I had. Jesus. Just, like in the yeah, training? Was, like No, it was like he was the senior and I was the junior. Uh-huh. And uh he was just telling me all about the work that we were doing. And then he was like, you know, all all history is written by whoever won the war. And I was like, yeah, no, that checks out. It's like, so I have a documentary you should check out. It's about it's called the truth about Hitler. <laughs> I was like, I don't, oh, I don't, uh, I don't want to watch that. And then I yeah. said to sit in a room with him for like an hour as he just said things, and I was like, ah, uh, man, oh, God, this stinks. That's the worst thing I think about. Like the fact that I've had a lot of jobs is I've had to deal with a lot of like fucking the nut jobs at different jobs, you know, yeah. and the people who just the coworkers who they bog you down with their life story. You ever have those? I had this oh, guy yeah. who used to tell me when I worked in this one warehouse, he would tell me about how his uh, <clears throat> his wife, who he pays for everything for, was like Ungrateful, talking to her. I bet. Yeah, very ungrateful. She would like still talk to her ex-husband because they were still in business together with this thing. And he would tell me about all he would work like this job full time and then he would work another job full time. And then he did Uber Eats on top of that. Uh. And this girl would demand like uh, for for her birthday, he got her like Celine Dion tickets and dinner at this like crazy expensive <laughs> restaurant. So it was like Man. thousands of dollars. And she still just like nags him like to fucking do the laundry when he gets home from like his third job. And it's like That's... at one point you have to be like, hey, shut up. Shut up. I'm so sad. I'm so sad here. Like go walk yeah. away. I can't be sad with my life and your life. Like just let and, me be sad also, in my life. I kind of get where she's coming from. You seem like you stink. <laughs> I feel like you should buy me Celine Dion tickets for have to listen to this dumb story. Oh, my God. Yeah, to put up me. with him? Yeah. Now, honestly, you know what? Now, looking back, <laughs> if I had to fuck that guy, dude, you're taking me to Celine Dion Ugh. every time she tours. Dude, every time the, she tours. That's the one guy you get to fuck? The only guy that no. you're allowed to fuck is him. I can't even fuck my ex-husband, but we ran such a successful business. Ugh. No, you're not allowed. I assume that you two broke up because he was too good at sex and it was getting in the way of the business. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they just got nothing done because they were so busy having sex. I know. They're like, for the sake of the business, we have to stop all this amazing sex, and I'll yeah. go marry this annoying man so I can focus more on business. Yeah, I can't remember why I started talking about coworkers' lives. but uh... I don't remember either. I have big news, Doug. Yeah, what's up? I'm a vegetarian now. 
What? Why? Because Did you watch another I, documentary, Tim? I tell you to read the descriptions worse, on these things. Worse. I've learned my lesson with that. Uh, okay. We went to the Royal Winter Fair on the okay. weekend. That's the thing with a bunch and, of cows. I remember being really confused yeah. last year when I like took a train into town. I was like, why the fuck are there a million cows in Toronto right now? <laughs> yeah, it's just like... <laughs> it just smells we in, so bad. It's just sheep and cows and goats and all kinds of shit. Well, we went there because Micah loves horses. Uh huh. And they you were see having any horses? some. Yeah, they had like horse jumping competitions and oh, stuff. Is there a name for that? Equestrian? Oh, that actually that might be that might be right. I don't know. Yeah, that's a that feels right. Um, yeah. so we watched some some of that. It was sick. We got to watch a teenager get chucked off her horse. Because the whole, was the she whole okay? thing is. Yeah, she was fine. See okay. Matt, because they're all just like incredibly wealthy teenagers. Because we were oh, in the yeah. June, we didn't buy we didn't buy tickets to the big. Well, one. We dude, fucking when it was free. Getting into horses is like a different level of like I couldn't even play hockey as a kid because it was gate yeah. kept from me price point wise. Horses, <laughs> horses. Your sport is another living thing. Like yeah, crazy and, expensive. But it's like you have to run around and. You know, hop, there were like 12 different jumps. Some were double jumps, whatever. Mm-hmm. And if your horse refuses a jump, you can go and try to get it again. If your horse <laughs> refuses twice, then you have to stop. Because oh, it's shit. great. They're like, all right, and now jump. And the horse is like, no. So this lady. So as you're she, like, as you like, you miss the jump, the horse like, no, as you're going around, you're like whispering in the horse's ear. Like, I fucking told you when we get close to the thing. Yeah, come on. <laughs> I need you to be cool about this. Everyone is watching. And so the horse fucked up the failed the first one. He's went up and was like, no, hit the when horses hit the brakes and they like half sit down. Like, no. And, and then so she went. This was the first jump. So he said no on the first jump. That's and not then she went look. around to go. How many jumps? Went around there? to go do it again, uh, like twelve. Oh, okay, wow. And went up, just tossed her the second time, <gasps> just tossed her right into the fence. Respect on the great. horse. Yeah, and then she went back, and she just like you got to see the backstage camera of her just like eh, just putting the reins into an adult's hands, being like, "I'm done with him." <laughs> and you're like, "That rules. That girl sucks." Go team horse. So Dude, we watched I all those horses, that. and then they had a dog agility competition. Dude, I love dog. those so much. I love those. Yeah. I got really into dog agility stuff during the pandemic. So I was just you fall into <laughs> so many YouTube rabbit holes, and that's truly one that just keeps giving because there's just so many mm-hmm. full races on there. There's so Great. many different competitions involved in like dog agility. I like the one where do you see that one dog that like is like the Michael Jordan of dog jumps? Cause it's like got that thing where you jump into the water, but you like jump from really far and grab a toy. It has like all the records. Oh yeah, that's cool. I this love is that a lot shit. more playful. Yeah. But they had things like um like the A ramps, like, the... like the little obstacle courses and the tubes and stuff. Yeah, they had all that stuff. And they had dog dancing. Where the oh dog would do like God. a little backwards prance or he would get up on his hind paws and then like twirl in a circle, do that thing where he like jumps through the lady's arms. Did a dog do video. any dance moves where you were like blown away? Yeah, the standing on the hind legs and like hopping in a circle with your paws up. 
blew my fucking mind, dude. Pretty I was like, impressive. That, yeah, that's fucking wild. Yeah, and they were all named after um, like old school video game characters because that was their whole theme. <gasps> yeah, I love. And there's that. a big there's a big dumb Rottweiler who like would <laughs> take hoops. You know those children's games where you have to stack different sized hoops. Yeah, onto yeah. the thing. On like the so peg, she would th- yeah. Yeah, so she would throw the hoops at one at a time, and the dog would grab it and then go put it on the little. It was the best. Oh, that's fun. And then my fit, what I love about dog agility is the long standing tradition of the comic relief dog. <laughs> like you have all these tiny dogs and just like agile, jacked, slender dogs just like True, hopping truly over athletes. this fence. Yeah, yeah legitimately athletes. athletes. Yeah. And then just a massive St. Bernard comes up and just plows through the whole thing at the end. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, yeah. It's a big hit with the fans. Wait, did it have did the agility course have that, you know, all the poles that are the little tiny poles that are close together so the dog has to like weave in and out? Yeah. That's my favorite when they hit that fast and they're doing that like cool like catching themselves with their paws thing, like Oh yeah, you get some border collies in there that are just Ooh, killing it. Yeah, border collies. And then it ends with a Rottweiler fast. that does it the slowest you've ever th- seen anything move. <laughs> yeah, like a snake Great. would. You're like, yeah. Yeah, and everyone's like, "Woo, we love you." <laughs> You're also His trying. Prince- His name was Prince of Persia. Oh, that's sick. He was great. But uh yes, yeah, so we did that. And then just went and like met cows. <laughs> And then you go meet them. They're just looking at like, and they have like eyelashes, and some of them have fur, and you can pet them. Aww. And and then we went to go get lunch, and all the carts are like smash burger and curly fries and like (laughs) fucking lamb chops. Like I just pet a sheep. Oh god, yeah. And and I'm like, ah, I think we got to be vegetarian for a while. I just has it stopped? Yeah, yeah. I've been eating a lot of beans. Wow! Just like it, it it feels so weird to just see people eating a cheeseburger, looking at a cow. I understand that that's probably healthy, and they're all farmers, and they are actually like know where their food comes from, and they've dealt with it. Yeah, I have not dealt with it. I'm not cool enough to eat a hot dog in front of a pig. You know? Yeah, it just feels like a. It's I can't. I couldn't look them in the eyes and eat them. That's just weird. No. I don't think I like, could ever live a life where I have to look the creature in the eyes, like another version of the creature in the eyes that I'm eating. Like, you couldn't just go doesn't... to a, a like burger place that's got a Red Lobster-style pick-your-own-cow system? No, number one, that's going to take like, far I, too like, long. I would like that one, and then they just like, hit it with a mallet. Just... Yeah, no, and I couldn't do anything like that. I, I'm, I've, I've really only been able to eat meat for this long because of the words beef and pork. Yeah, it really helps you separate it. Because I remember one time seeing a like, because I worked near a slaughterhouse and I looked in the slats of this truck. Adorable, not the truck. This cat on the screen. Uh, you don't see. It's an audio only podcast for the most part. But uh, I looked in the slats of the truck and saw a cow. And I was like, you know what? I can't eat cows for a little bit. And then that night I had nachos with ground beef. And as I'm finishing the nachos, I was like, fuck, beef is cow. Beef is cow. <laughs> oh, fuck. I forgot. Yeah. Oh, it's so difficult they to get keep you. track. They get you. In the change they, of the they, get you. they get you. They get you. thinking. I was just thinking about mm, ground beef's good. Wasn't thinking what animal it was. Yeah, ground beef. That's just a weird food. 
Yeah. You know? What's a fuzzy peach? What's ground beef? Who right, knows? It's just like a fun little drizzly topping for nachos. Drizzly? Well, you know, Ew. you just like pe- you just peppering it over. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Also, super fun business that they had there. They just had like cum salesmen at the fair. Oh, for they- like, you, you like this cow. You know, cows like yeah. them. Is this like a trade show for cows? It's a trade Kinda? show for everything. So you can buy saddles and boots. There's a guy selling jackets, which was cool. Like homemade blueberries, wow. sauce, and stuff like that. It's a really cool place, honestly. You can go. They have butter sculptures, which I assume you'd be super into. Are you allowed to lick the butter sculptures? No, they're on the other side of glass. Are you allowed to lick butter sculptures on the last day? No, we were there on the last day. You're not allowed Damn to. It. I assume they have to go into some sort of a museum. Really? Butter? Damn. I don't actually think so. But sent to like the I, creamery uh, somewhere? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, go off to. Only the creme de la creme get put in there. They need to shove them back into the cows that they got it from. <laughs> Hold on. Millhouse needs to get out. I'm going to keep talking though. Um, so yeah, I've got to see, honestly, the biggest cow I've ever seen in my life. This thing was the size of like my Toyota Corolla, but bigger actually. Like this thing was huge. And then they were like, do you want some of this cow's cum? It's pretty sweet. Was there anybody who was just like, I'll just just take some for home. Just some for me. (laughs) Just like go up and be like, yes, I will take two. (laughs) Can I get a yeah, taste take, test? Yeah, imagine, you know what would have been a fun joke? I wonder if they deal with this, just walking up to all the cum salesmen and just being like, uh, yeah, I'll have uh, two glasses. <laughs> and just seeing what they'd say. I'll have a, I'll have a pint of the cum, please. Yeah, I'll have the uh, uh, freshly squeezed uh, that one right there. <laughs> if you could go jerk them off real quick, I am uh, very thirsty. Yeah, it was called Cmex. is the company. <laughs> Wow. Which is a cool name for a cum company. Company. (laughs) Cum company. Cum company. Um, Cum company. It sounds like a song. (laughs) (laughs) Cum, cum, Carew. Oh, and when we were there, also, fair food rules, I have to say, I got a veggie dog. I got a veggie corn dog while I was there. But oh, yeah. one of the things that they had for sale was a half-pound bucket of deep-fried cheese curds that was, served with, that was served with ranch. Oh, my <laughs> God. It's just like a fucking like, bucket of death. Does it come yeah. with a, You have to sign a waiver before they give it to you? Yeah, after you've done eating that, they just fucking put you in a cow costume and start selling your cum. Like, you just become fucking huge. <laughs> The only way you're fucking legally able to eat is if you eat it in one of those fucking, one of those like blood pressure reading machines. It's like you have to be in one of these at all. We have to be monitoring your vitals the whole time you're ingesting this. Here is your bucket and here is your nurse. (laughs) You will. We, uh, and we were there on uh, Remembrance Day. Mm -hmm. So, in case, if there was ever any doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got so there like very early because that's time. when the free stuff happened. Yeah, we were there for Remembrance Day okay. hour, Remembrance hour. Yeah, Remembrance moment. Um, and it's funny how they call it Remembrance shock, Day, but it's no really, 
It's really only a moment. Yeah. The rest of it, nah, nah. No. But if you, in case you were wondering, the Royal Winter Fair takes it serious. Do the dogs there do like was... a really somber dance? No, we were we were in the pig, not pig. We were in the sheep and goat area. Okay. For the moment of silence, and uh, hold on, I have to sneeze. No, I'm not. Hold it. Um, we were in the sheep and goat area for uh-huh. a moment of silence, and uh, learned sheep's hate the veterans. <laughs> so <laughs> we were all there standing somberly as all around us. I hear like. <laughs> that was fun. And then it was the moment of silence. And then it was a bagpipe song. And then it was a bugle thing. And then it's a really, prayer. It's really funny that they're like, uh, and now after this moment of silence, uh, we're going to do the loudest thing anyone's ever heard in their whole life. Take it away, bagpipes. <laughs> and after that, yeah. another moment of silence while your ears are all ringing. And then... Uh, <laughs> And there was some, like, I don't know, maybe this is just me, but when I was growing up, I feel like veterans were older. Like, the Remembrance Day veterans were, like, 95. Well, it's because those guys have all mostly died. Yeah. So now it's, like, veterans of wars where you're like, "Mm, I don't know. I don't know, dude. Anything after (laughs) World War II, I was pretty friggin' iffy, you know? It's guys who were like, no, I was stationed in Belgium in the 90s, didn't see a lot of combat. You're like, then you don't see a lot of praise. Get out of here. What do you mean? <laughs> Did you ever have to do anything weird for Remembrance Day assemblies as a kid? Like, I remember one year we had to sing that uh, Where's the Love song by the Black Eyed Peas. Like, the people <laughs> killing, people dying, children hurting, hear them crying. Yeah, and there was like a slideshow. And we're like, can you practice what you preach? Can you turn the other cheek? For literally a week like leading up, all Holocaust we did was practice photos up this there song. And you're dancing. Yeah. Father, yeah. Father, can you help us? Just kept going, yeah. Wild like candles. I don't know why <laughs> we had to do this fucking weird assembly like that. Did, did you have a veteran that would go to your school? We must have had a couple veterans at some points. Like, I always respected veterans the old veterans, black for sure. Fans. But it always kind of pissed me off when it would be you'd be watching these things and it would show you these brave men and women who fought in, like, you know, World War II and stuff like that. And then they'd always try and, like, shoehorn, like, Afghanistan people in it, the fucking, like, <laughs> Afghanistan <laughs> troops in at the end. I'd be like, no, no, this isn't a hero. This is a guy doing a job that's pretty good, you know? This guy doing a lucrative yeah. job. And it's like a war that's, no, that's not the same. I don't... I don't want to see anyone on Remembrance Day who like fought a war against the country that they were in when they were fighting. You know what I mean? Like if you're going to like defeat a power, it has to be not in that power's home country. Does that make sense? Like you fought the Germans in France. Yeah, that's true. I guess like the turning the of the tide Afghan would people be people in... in Afghanistan. Yeah. Cuz then it's just like you're bullying someone in their house. It's just kind of rude. Yeah. God, I hope I don't get called into the draft. I looked it up, and it turns I thought the age cutoff was below me. It is not. Yeah, I fucking hope that World War doesn't pop up. But you know, if it does and I survive, you best believe I'm going to fucking Remembrance Day assemblies, <laughs> and these people are going to treat me like a hero, even if I was just cutting up potatoes the whole yep. time. 
I'm getting salutes. Dude, you know what? Something pissed me off this weekend, kind of related to Remembrance Day, because uh, I'm still in Avicis that. Because they levels at you? <laughs> really somberly. It was a fucking uh, bagpipe doing levels. <laughs> no, it was in the St. Thomas <laughs> Happenings. Uh, someone was talking about fireworks bylaws because uh, people were setting off fireworks for Diwali, like it's a Hindu holiday. Yeah. And they were doing it on like November 11th and November 12th, like this past weekend. And someone made it this thing about like, like, oh, it's not, uh, it's only two days you're allowed to do it a year. And it's not right to do it on Remembrance Day. You know, troops fought, blah, blah, blah. Did I fucking, I hate that rhetoric so much. Cause it's like, yeah, these people fought for freedom for like people to have a good time. The people who died would have been stoked for a celebration party. They would have loved fireworks. You know? Um, they wouldn't have loved not the fucking fireworks specifically. Yeah, maybe not fireworks. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know. Well, maybe if they saw they were fun, they'd have one moment of panic and then they'd be like, Oh, explosions can be beautiful. You know what I mean? That's but it's nice, like man. at least these things are people having fun instead of just like fucking old people crying to some shitty song, you know? Yeah. That's true. The no. veterans are not heroes, Doug. You're right. They're the worst. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, like the old, the old veterans are heroes. The new ones are just people doing a job. That like I don't think your job's that great. You yeah, it's I mean? also because like I feel like I know veterans. You know? Yeah. Weird. And there's like a and guy. You find now. out to find out. Yeah, the guys you went to high school with, like in the army. Now you see them on Facebook, and you're like, Oh God, Jesus. Well, I don't know. Watch out wherever you're going. <laughs> There's a guy who went to my high school. He was like in the army reserves. Mm-hmm. He was stationed in like Kitchener or some shit. And he's like a plastic surgeon now. <laughs> he just wow. like did a, did a little bit of time, got shredded. And then he's Dude, like, have sick. you ever considered a different face? <laughs> what if we put some tits in those tits? That's an interesting guy's life. Yeah. I like that. I'll hook you up with them. You guys can chat. I don't Thanks, know. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. I've been having some nice chats uh, lately. Me and Serena the other day, because uh, she's like a hustler who's like always selling all of her, always hucking her old wares, and uh, she has a bunch yeah. of Pokemon games that she was trying to sell, and like, she got a really good price from at this uh, place called Game Haven in Burlington, but nice. it just ended up being like a bunch of nerds just like talking about stuff, because the one game she had was... Uh, Classic. An old Game Boy Advance Pokemon game that has an additional battery, like a watch battery in it for saves, because a lot of the Mm. games have a watch battery for the saves. So he was explaining to us how the save files work, and um, we're all just like talking video games in there. It was nice, man. It was super nice. They had like a huge wall of PS2 games. I ended up getting Ratchet and Clank going Commando. So I've been playing Ratchet and Clank. Sick. Ratchet and Clank is fun. Do one of the it's best like, games of all time. One I of the best like developers of all have... time. It's developer made Spider Man on the PS4, and the same developer it made Spyro. Have the legacy of a lot of those games. It it deserves to come back. I don't know why modern consoles kind of shy away from that style of game because that style was so much fun, like the action RPG puzzle kind of genre. That yeah. was a sick genre. We need more like Jack and Daxters, more Ratchet and Clanks, Spyro, Crash. Hopefully these are all uh, properties that are going to come back now that Xbox has bought Activision. Now they have all the licenses and they have the 
manpower in terms of studios. They could just be like, all right, you guys make this, you guys make this, you guys make this, you know? Yeah. Crank out some fun shit. I feel like video games are kind of the only art form that's not getting worse. It is honestly like always progressing. Yeah, it just seems and it's like, like it's thriving so hard. Yeah, and it, it kind of always constantly adapts to the the new ways the world works in a lot of ways. Like even like Microsoft buying Activision, a big part of that deal was them buying like, um, you know, the people who do mobile games because they're like, it would be stupid for us as a company to ignore mobile games. You know, them ignoring mobile yeah. games is like us ignoring, you know, a social media platform. It's like, no, we just kind of have to use these. It's just kind of the way it, it Are you works, on TikTok now? You know? I probably will be at some point. I just still don't as like soon as, the algorithm. I don't like it being able to track As soon my, as a new one comes out that all the kids like, then you'll get into TikTok. That's, maybe that's when I get in. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly. When that's when I try TikTok. When all the kids leave. Yeah, just when it's just my got mom my on mom's friends <laughs> following me on TikTok. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then it becomes Facebook. <laughs> I um, oh, I had a fun show at um, Mosaic on Friday. That was a good time. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, it was fun. It was Kev and Scott Falconbridge was there. Oh yeah, that's a fun space. That's where I did my uh, friend show. Yeah, extremely loud and incredibly fat. Which yeah, I've nice now people. realized the comedy. next the next name I make of something I create is going to be like his penis is really big or something like that because I'm sick of the fact that both the th- credits I have now are extremely loud and incredibly fat and let himself go like huge oversight on my part I'd have a nice thing next you know <laughs> let's call it Doug Coning great personality <laughs> Doug Coning nice guy yeah <laughs> that'd be that's not bad yeah but when got fancy hot dogs after this is before i went to the fair so still munching meat at this point yeah, yeah. and uh when you got a chicago style hot dog it's fucking and? awesome it was amazing what, what differentiates a, a chicago style hot dog from a different from a regular hot dog it's just like um mustard and then a pickle spear and then okay. like those pepperoncinis things Ooh, yeah shove that all in your big dumb face I might get back into fancy hot dogs, man. You know what? Fancy hot dogs have a time and a place, but um, when me and Serena were at Game Haven in Burlington on the way back, we're like, man, we need, we're hungry, but we need like a cheap meal. And we're like, what about Costco? And we went to Costco and we got four hot dogs and two fries. The best. And deal so in it the comes world. with four drinks for fucking thirteen bucks. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Just eat like that's such a good the deal there. Lot. And you get ice cream for like two fifty, like. It's absurd. We could have both got ice cream as well for under twenty bucks. And like Costco, I don't have a Costco membership. rules, man. I changed my mind. Yeah, Costco rules. I love Costco. When did you ever not like Costco? I think it's just like I hate corporations as a whole. But it's one of those things where if a corporation proves to me that it's pretty fucking cool, yeah, I'll hear like, it out. I've heard it's they, a great place to work. The yeah, CEO that, fights I, that for was the hot dog to be what I learned this cheap. Up. I love that. Yeah, and. They have good quality clothing, and I remember yeah. I watched or watched some video about the difference between how uh, Costco treats its vendors versus how Walmart treats its vendors. And basically, uh-huh. Walmart they make you go to the middle of buttfuck nowhere to their headquarters, and then they just like sit there and they're like, "Okay, so we're Walmart. 
So we're going to squeeze every last ounce of profit from you that we Ugh. can. Of course. And they yeah. just completely screw everybody. And Costco, they'll like go to you. They work with you to make sure that you're happy. And well, they, it's probably you yeah. I bet you Costco's like Costco's like, hey, you guys have a great product. How can we help you with packaging a bunch of them together so we can cut our people a deal? Yeah. Like, it's just a cool and business I, model. And I've heard their T-shirts are like, I've I've done deep dives into the white T-shirt communities on the internet. People are very passionate. And I've heard that the Kirkland tees are some of the best ones. They just make high quality stuff. Yeah, this podcast yeah. is sponsored by Costco now, guys. Honestly, I was just so happy to hear that there's a corporation that is cheap and kind of nice. Yeah, and you know what? I heard about how it is to its employees. Uh, apparently, at the end of the nights, uh, the employees with like 20 minutes to go, they all line up at the back of the store and they just walk customers forward. They're like, no more shopping. Really? Like, you're literally, you're done. Like, this is the end of the night. So it's not like when you work at Walmart, some piece of shit can come in at 9.59 be like, oh, I'm just going to grab a couple things. And, like, there's times, dude, I'd be leaving. It's, like, 10, 15. I've counted down my register, whatever. I was only there for 10 till 10. Some people are there till 10, 30. And I'm leaving at, like, 10, 15, 10, 20. And I see customers still just walking around filling a cart. Like, they're on fucking supermarket sweep and they have the store That's to themselves. Brutal. I'm like, you're a fucking colossal piece of shit. I hope you get in a yeah. huge car accident with all your stuff <laughs> and you fucking burn in it like a weird pharaoh with all your fucking items, you fucking loser that you couldn't live without. Customers Yeah. Uh, it's just very entitled. So entitled, dude. By God. So entitled. That phrase, the customer is always right, has Couldn't really poisoned truth. our culture. It really has. It really has. And it's one of those weird things where... You know, you would once discourage a child from acting the way that Karens act. But for some reason, the Karens think it's fine for them to act like because they have entitlement. I don't know. Are we still saying Karen? I'm saying Karen. That's that's still in the thing. Because it's not just that. It's also like peaked in high school dads. Oh, yeah. And, you know, guys who look like thumbs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went... I went on There's a, a lot of different page. problems. I've I've honestly just decided I'm not going to let uh, customers give people shit if I'm around anymore. <laughs> like yeah, I yelled at that guy at the convenience store. I don't care. I'll be the fucking. I'll be the voice that the customer or that the person working wants to say to the customer. I don't care. Hey, did you mention something about a video game store? Yeah, I already talked about that. Oh shit! I'm half here. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's all right man. i don't know you let that guy freak out into pizza pizza so i feel like you're not really that yeah i know but here's the thing i was just very afraid i was gonna get stabbed and the pizza pizza <laughs> staff are safe on the other side of a counter i am not it's me and this guy in the world you know yeah and this guy was he was yelling to get to use the bathroom and they're like no we're not gonna let you use the bathroom and then he just kept yelling at them and I was just trying to like sit there and eat my pizza I was waiting for Tim to come but him and Kev were choking on each other's hot dogs somewhere across town and nice very nice classy classy thank you Doug. again thanks for the ride but uh, do you know how difficult it is to be on time for anything when you travel with Kev <laughs> that's true it is that's borderline true, yeah. impossible yeah yeah. I've just started telling him we're leaving 15 minutes before we have to go. Oh, yeah. Whenever I tell my girlfriend a time 
to for her to be somewhere. I just uh, assume it'll be an hour later. That's just kind of how I exist at this point. I'm like, I'll budget <laughs> myself for it to be an hour later than I've told her for it to be. Just feels it's very right. healthy, man. Very healthy. Yeah, because it's you know it's instead of getting frustrated with timing or anything like that. Here's here's Micah's strategy because I'm the late one in our relationship. <laughs> I know you um, are. I know you are. You're the late one in our relationship too. You are definitely the late one in our relationship. That's, no, don't no, even. No, you're late for your own house. I'll like show up at your house and you'll be like, right, I'll be down in ten minutes. Like I'm here. I'll drive from Toronto to the front of your house and you won't be ready. Which That's is not true. Insane. That's not true. That's a hundred. I feel like one true. time you showed up when I wasn't even home, and then you locked yourself out of the car, and then now you've started this like whole narrative in which that I'm always suck. late. You're always late. You're late. Dude, I'm I, went, I came in from Hamilton to Toronto once. We were supposed to meet at Comedy Bar, and I was like, "Hey, I'm here," and you're like, "Okay, I'll leave in twenty minutes." I'm like, "Leave in twenty minutes? I'm here." You knew I was going to be here. I told you the okay. time. You had to go there because you were on a show. I was going to wa- hang out with you before your show because you were bored. Yeah. And also, you're always late. So <laughs> I didn't want to show up to Comedy Bar alone. And it's a 10-minute walk from my house. Yeah, so you that's what was frustrating about it. You're it was a 10-minute a a walk from your house. So you're as I was like, right now. yeah, I'm already in Toronto, then you would know, oh, well, he would be here at... You know, in this amount of time. Anyways, we're getting distracted from. But no, what, what Micah does, what her yeah. strategy is, is we'll be like, all right, we'll leave in 20 minutes. And I'll be like, yeah, sure, 20 minutes is fine. I'm on my phone. I don't even register that she said anything to me. Yeah, it's like when and I'm then, trying to tell you a story. Yeah. And then I won't move for 20 minutes. <laughs> and then she'll just go, all right, I'm ready to go. And then I'll just like peek up and she's full coat, shoes, purse, keys in hand. And I'm like, Fuck, I'm sorry. And then I have to go put on pants and like <laughs> brush my teeth and start getting ready to go. Yeah. I just feel like a dickhead. It takes Serena so long to do anything that I've now realized I'm going to stop getting frustrated with waiting for her to do stuff. And if I want to do something, I just start doing it. Like if I just want to go outside and like smoke and she's like humming and hawing, I'll just go outside. And then a, like a minute <laughs> later, she'll also be outside. It's a nice. good system. That's, very, that's a very good system. Yeah. It's important. We, um, nope, it's gone. Completely gone from my brain. <laughs> Absolutely nothing up there. What are we talking about being late? It was about something. Something about being late before that. Gosh, who knows? Who knows, Tim? How are you? I don't know. How are you doing? You ju- How's my friend Tim doing? Eh, you know, I'm, I'm curbing my phone addiction right now. Downloaded this app called like Minimalist App, and I got a modded version of Instagram that takes away the feed when you open oh. it up. So I so I just see messages now. And like, how about Neopets? Are we still going on Neopets? Or? No, I deactivated Neopets. Dude, which, congrats! Like, did you put did you put uh, Joel and Ethel, Ethan Cohen up for adoption? No, I think he uh, got deactivated with me. Wow! Thankfully, but hold on, I want to see if those. If that screenshot is in there. That would have been funny if you could have put them out in the world and we could have got a listener to, uh, to adopt Joel and Ethan Cohen with his little autism sweater. <laughs> that, that would have been, uh, honestly, that would have been nice. Just this... know he's in safe hands. 
Do you want to open? No, it's not. Now gonna he's ones and zeros no more. But honestly, that's smart, man. If you, if you can't find a healthy balance with the the phone, you know, you got to do something. It's fuck. When I deactivated the Neopet, it was like, are it was like, are you sure you want to leave us? And then it's my Neopet crying at the bottom. Damn. On the page. That's some like, fucking Jesus manipulation, Christ, dude. Neopets. What the fuck, man? Just trying to get my life back. That's like, you ever try and leave any of the streaming services? They do not take it well. They're like, yeah. like a, like a, they're like an ex-lover who's upset with you. <laughs> like, they want, like, so many, like, why? Why are you leaving? What did we do wrong? What could have we have done better? And you're like, can I just fucking leave? Can I just say maybe I don't need to watch yeah, whatever just, show House of Cards anymore? I just click other and then I write it's not you, it's me. <laughs> I feel like that's a really good way to get out of that. Yeah, that's smart. Uh, thank you. But no, I don't know. I'm trying to, you know, reclaim some Like I feel I've definitely gotten dumber. I can't I tried to watch a movie and uh-huh. I was just getting so bored. I was like, what let's movie? fucking Was it maybe a boring movie? No, it was the killer, the new David Fincher one about a hitman. Okay, and I was like, I was like, do I really need to watch him driving? I could. This movie could be like twenty minutes long. I don't need the whole two and a half hours or two hours. But see, that's like I think that's a problem of of storytelling, though, on these people's parts. Like, remember what watching like the newest Batman with Robert Pattinson, and it's just like fucking needlessly long there's like a whole fucking motorcycle riding montage at the end and you're like what what are we doing here and he's like helping 85 people through this fucking hole like yeah that was but this was like it's just very like everyone well it's just it's a pacing thing they're like they would want to form some sort of like a rhythm to it that's not fucking bah, 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 the whole time yeah they just want something a little nicer a little more sophisticated and I'm there, I'm just like, oh my god, Do you think I maybe, wish I was on my phone. What's the most boring movie you've ever watched? What's like the worst, most boring, nothing happens, you fucking hated it, it was the dumbest fucking waste of your time, you'd never want to go back movie you've ever seen? Uh, Well, I definitely have a better one than you because I watch more pretentious movies. What's <laughs> going on with my computer right now? But it's called... My keyboard's not working. It's called Uncle Boon Me, who can recall his past lives. <laughs> That's easily the most pretentious movie I've ever watched. It's about this dude. No, not Uncle like Boon most Me. pretentious, but like worst. Worst, like most boring. Nothing happened. You're like, this was such a waste of time. Yes. Uncle Boon Me, who can recall his past lives. <laughs> okay, so what happens in it? It's just like a guy's. I think. He he's dying and his whole family comes to see him and like his like cousin is a Bigfoot and then he just va- he just kind of recalls his past lives and one where he's this one where he's like a fucking fish and you just follow a fish for a while so it's like and a the bad fish version like eats of a lady's fish. pussy. Oh, that's that's really <laughs> weird. I think what I was gonna suggest is I think much like uh, you know, Pendulette doing the potato diet to reset his taste buds. You need to just watch this really bad movie or some really bad movies to reset your taste buds. And then you'll go back to something that might be paced a bit slower, like this David Fincher thing, and be like, oh, I'm just glad there's some cinematography involved and, you know, this happening and the music is nice, you know? like Yeah. Yeah, that might be... Or, like, 
I feel like I couldn't sit through even movies I enjoyed before, like the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. It's just a slow Western Mm -hmm. about the guy who killed Jesse James. And it's like three and a half hours long and it takes forever. And I would just be like, what's the most boring movie you've watched? Oh God, the most boring movie I've ever watched. Um, you know what? It was the movie that Terrence Malick did after the Tree of Life. It was the one that had <laughs> Rachel McAdams and Javier Bardem. Is that the music it, one? No, I don't think so. But it was just like it was beyond dumb. Nothing really happened. I didn't really like. I was just frustrated by how stupid it was. And it wasn't even like like the Tree of Life. I didn't like for the most part, but there were at least some redeeming factors of it for me. Like I loved uh, everything shot from the point of view of like a child, like camera work from like almost the floor, like maybe a foot or 14 inches off the ground upwards. Like just seeing the world from that lens, like was super, super duper cool. Nothing redeeming in the, to to the wonder, I think it's called something like that. Wonder. Something like that. Well, you didn't like the parts of tree of life where Sean Penn just whisked, whispered over watercolors being mixed together yeah that or when it's just like weird animal shit and then it's just like at the end they're all just like dancing like who the one i haven't even heard of this movie yeah it's not good and it literally on paper should have been something i would have loved because it's like rachel mcadam bradley cooper maybe or like some other dude i like michael fassbender maybe is he in it ben affleck Ben Affleck. Yeah, still, like, someone I like. And Rich <laughs> McAdams. Pretty good. And, like, Javier Bardem, like, straight after uh, Skyfall. What's it about? So I was, like, expecting... Could not fucking tell you, Tim. I could not tell you with a gun to my head. <laughs> what is To the Wonder about? I'm like, I think Rachel McAdams was married to Ben Affleck, and they had a child, and then Javier Bardem was a preacher. I have no idea how they intersect. I don't even know if they ever talk. Like, I have right, no I idea what happened the synopsis. Yeah. The film chronicles a couple who, after falling in love in Paris, struggle to keep their relationship from falling apart after moving to the United States. Do you feel like yeah. that summed it up? There you go. That sounds like a great movie. Yeah, couldn't have told that you what happened exciting. to Paris. Couldn't have told you the move to the States. Honestly, don't understand <laughs> how Javier Bardem's character works in there at all then, because that's the only monologue I remember, because it was most of the speaking was him in that one scene, which is like, that was the only redeeming scene in the whole thing. But it was more Javier cool, Bardem. It wasn't like anything else. Nice. But yeah, that movie, like I've seen some boring ass movies, but that movie was <laughs> like just truly like infuriating and boring to a new degree. Yeah, there's... Like, there's nothing quite as infuriating as when something tries to be, like, profound or pretentious. Like, and just, it's like, too artsy-fartsy, yeah. You know what I didn't realize until I started reading too these, fartsy, like, screenwriting books? Uh, is uh, high concept is a term meaning that it's, like, widely uh, liked and, like, something that would appeal to the masses. I always thought high concept meant, like, highbrow, only certain, like, very niche reference. That feels inaccurate. No, I think high concept means, like, it appeals to the... You try and make it appeal to the most people possible. That That's... I, I don't think it means that anymore. I think now it means complicated. Okay, well, maybe it changed. Maybe that book's old. <laughs> I don't know. 
How do you Because you're Dougie's screenwriter now. Uh, maybe I probably am just wrong with what I think it means. I use words wrong all the fucking time. Yeah, that's true. You thought the fucking one stadium sat like, what, 48 people or something and it was 17,000? No, I thought it was. I thought it was like over a hundred thousand people, and it was like seventeen thousand. <laughs> oh yeah, it's like Scotia Bank Theater. I was like, there's like a hundred million bajillion people there. Yeah, but now how's your uh, you know screenwriting stuff going? Because you're old. It's Dougie good, man. Now. It, well, it's just I'm just trying to. I'm realizing like how I break into the idea of being in a world is I have to just kind of be like a huge sponge for it for a bit. So I've just been listening to a bunch of like podcasts about screenwriting i'm reading books about screenwriting trying to watch videos from screenwriters like all this kind of shit and it's almost like you pick up their little tips the same way you pick up tips about comedy from like podcasts as well or listening to fucking people shit you know so i just want to like sponge up as much as i can right now learn how story structure works and all that crap and really it's just about learning how to apply uh you know skills i already have to a different form of writing it is fun. And it is just would, fun, dude. The fact that this computer you've lent me to edit videos has Final Draft on it. Final yeah. Draft makes it so fucking easy to like go I, back and forth. It doesn't really ever mess up your flow of like thinking. It's awesome. When I was a student for a semester of George Brown, I think. Mm-hmm. Or it might have been when I was in my... Yeah, I think it was when I did my semester at George Brown. I took one class on cinematography as you can tell by my beautiful setup nice. um i just went and bought a bunch of stuff at student pricing most of them oh, fell off smart. but i got final draft at student pricing which was great how many installs of it do you is get expensive it is expensive i don't know i think just like as many as i want i'm pretty sure i have three going right now yeah, because I was like trying to send it to myself from this one computer to my laptop just to have another copy, but programs don't work like that. No. But it would be sick <laughs> no, to have a not. portable uh, version of it. It's just like such a fucking cool program. I'll see if I can find the uh, email with my code. That'd be rad. Dude, I love how easy it is to feel fucking professional these days. Like, I have, I'm using your Canva Pro account, which is so seamless how it like. I could switch back from my Canva account to your Canva account so I can use the pro features, and they're yeah, all fucking nice. cool. I can just steal the pro features from that account <laughs> and then just paste them into the one I want. Like, yeah, it's man. It's rad, dude. Uh, it's really cool. It's just, it's nice to see you sort of exploring these creative things now that you have a computer. Well, it's like, I think it's just kind of upped my, uh, like, output or in terms of work because you have like a, an actual position to just like sit and work. Yeah. You know? that's it's true. like having a battle you a station. Desk. You got a desk yeah. set up. That's yeah, sick, it's dude. fucking, it's nice. It's, it's nice. It's fun. It's, uh, it, actually trying to get a script down that you like. I hope you have a different experience for me because basically writing for me is taking really fun ideas Mm-hmm. And then making, and then having no fun with them. No, see, I had a completely different experience because to me, I was like, like I told Tim, uh, there's like a certain ambient music. I've basically ruined my Spotify rap. It's going to be all this sort of <laughs> ambient music next year. But for me, like, I've watched 
so much like like I'm trying to write TV scripts and I've watched so much TV over the years that I honestly, if I'm sitting and I've like written a scene and I don't know where to go next, I just kind of sit long enough and just try and think about like, well, if I was like watching the show, where would it go? Yeah. You know, like where would the show go? And it helps that like the idea I have is like something I actually want to watch. So it's like, <laughs> you know, you almost have those things where you can write it out and then you have those moments as a fan where you're like, oh man, I wish they did this with it. But I'm like, hey, I'm still at this stage of it. I can just do that with it. You yeah, know? That's true. And then It's fun, man. I'm enjoying you, it so far. Then you're just going to have to edit the shit out of it and you're going to be like, I hate all of this. This isn't what I want. That's That's what I think I've made peace with is that there's a lot more editing that needs to be done. And it's also editing where you find all the stuff where, you know, like for example, in a scene where like say a character comes somewhere and they quickly have like a weird moment with like the dog there. And then, you know, you don't think anything of it, but then later on the dog comes back and it's like this hilarious moment. You're like, Oh my God, how could they have like, you know, thought of putting all these things in? It's like, well, it's cause they wrote these scenes and then they sat there and they were fucking chain smoking or something. And they're like, fuck, we got to make this fucking more entertaining. We got to make something happen. And someone's like, what about a dog? What about if we put a dog in there? <laughs> You know, we gonna... it's like that kind of like revision that you get to add in the like the beautiful yeah. details that, you know, build out the story. And you're just sitting there in your room like, what the fuck is funny or a dog or a cat? Uh... Yeah. But like, I like that. And honestly, I think uh, I don't know what your writing process is in terms of like how you're pumping out your best stuff. But like, like there's a particular monologue in the play you sent me that I think is like wonderful. And I'm pretty sure that was like a drug induced Oh, monologue I you think, wrote, right? I think about this all the time is um, the most productive I've ever been is when I took codeine <laughs> after I got my wisdom tooth out. I could just, my mm, fucking imagination was so vivid and then I just sat yeah. down and solved so many problems in that yeah. thing I was writing because I just could picture it all so clearly. Yeah. And now I'm at home like every time I have writer's block, there's a part of me that's like, you know what would help? Some Cody. Some Cody. That that solving problems reminds me. I heard this awesome story about, uh, you know, just like how creativity works and how you end up, you know, finding success or whatever. And apparently, the way Doctor Seuss wrote like Green Eggs and Ham was it started as a bet with his publisher. His publisher bet him that he couldn't write a story in under fifty words. And he's like, oh yeah. And then he literally wrote out fifty words and he had them on his wall. And he solved it like a math problem. That's wild. Like he literally subbed in enough to like move the story along, but like keep it to that same thing. So it's almost like setting himself the challenge of writing is the thing that made him yeah. who he and was. Then the pub- and then the publisher came in, saw the words, and was like, maybe don't use those ones. <laughs> and then Dr. Seuss maybe killed don't, him. Yeah. yeah, maybe don't use those particular words, Dr. Yeah. Seuss. You racist motherfucker. But yeah, I honestly uh, like the, because uh, I've always liked creative writing. I remember one time I got in shit in grade two because we were supposed to write out a rough draft of a story and then a final draft. And I wrote out the yeah. rough draft. And then in the writing out of the final draft, I just wrote a different story because I was bored of the rough draft. <laughs> so I just like ended up like the first story is like some normal thing. And then the next story, they ended up on Mars playing basketball or something. Sick. And my yeah, teacher I, was like, "What the? You can't do that! It's supposed to be the final. It's supposed to be a fixed draft of this." They're like, "I did fix it. Look how much better it is. Yeah, look how much when more entertaining this is." 
When I was in the sixth grade, we were supposed to write a story, and I wrote a story called Attack of the Pig People. <laughs> and then my teacher liked it so much that she had me read it in front of the class, which I think is because she didn't want to teach that day. And I was the only one who finished. That's my guess. <laughs> was it a good story? Do you have it still? I, I liked it. I've looked for it at my parents' house. I can't find it. But what is I like the gist of it, it if you had to pitch it to me right now? It's just a ragtag group of me, basically, <laughs> are... I want to say they, uh, they're like pulled into another dimension of pig people, and then they're kept prisoner there, and then they have to escape and then make it home. Something oh, like okay. that. That's fine. Yeah, that's pretty standard. That was in sixth grade. Yeah. You know? That was just all the stories I'd read up to that point. Yeah. That I was like nice. That. But that's, that's honestly how creation works, right? It's just kind of, uh, regurgitating all the stories that you've, uh, that you've liked at first. Yeah, you know good writers mean? borrow, great writers steal, you know? Yeah, exactly. That's like, oh my God, you know who Paul Schrader is, obviously, right? That seems like that of would course. be a fucking boy. Yeah. Him yeah. talking on this like comedy or this uh this writer panel, I think it was like a drama writer thing, when he's talking about the way that screenwriting works, when he realized that all it is is you go to all the great movies you've ever loved. It's like a smorgasbord and you go through and you just pick out all the things that you like. Yeah. You know, like he said he once had a, a movie and he didn't really know what he was going to do with the ending. And then he showed it to like a, a stuck up friend of his. And his friend is like, oh, you went the uh, Orson Delacroix blah blah route. I thought you were going to go the the Rene Descartes this blah blah ending. And then Paul yeah. Schrader's like, oh, my God, that's exactly what it needs. And then he goes back and reshoots <laughs> it and ends up being like this amazing ending to the movie. But it's, it's fucking sick. cool how it works when you start just like looking at the bones of it all. Dude, Paul Schrader's the man. He's out of his mind. He, he like, didn't get to so, watch a movie till so he was 18. Twitter. I was, I'm listening to him on uh, Mark Maron's podcast. His parents were so religious and the community they grew up in, he didn't see a movie till he was 18. And oh, when he shit. saw movies, it was the 1960s and he was introduced to like the really experimental movies of like Europe. So like he wasn't used to like American stuff. He got to see these like really out there oddball. They've already been making movies for a long time. So it's like you take this guy who's done nothing in the industry you know, and yeah. I even thought of it to like seeing this fucking crazy out there stuff. And that's how you get the stuff he was able to produce. Yeah. That's how you get like taxi driver and shit. Raging bull. And yeah, really and cool. Stuff. Do you know who else cool. is on I that? I, watch his movie. I can't remember. Uh, Eric Roth, who's done like a bajillion screenplays. He did like Forrest Gump. He like adapts so much stuff. He did Benjamin that's Button cool. who like, it's like he kind of talks about being a little bit, I don't know if he's like peeved off or so, but it's like, yeah, you know, people kind of write it off because it's like based on the story by F. Scott Fitzgerald. But he's just like, there's a story F. Scott Fitzgerald wrote when he was 21 for like a contest for a newspaper and it was a couple pages and it was okay. Like it was just okay. Yeah. You know, I wrote a whole movie that had all these different things in it, you know, and it truly <laughs> is a beautiful yeah. movie. Yeah, it's not bad. I um Oh, my favorite and then we'll get out of here, but my one of my favorite yeah, yeah. sort of screenwriting trivias is mm -hmm. um the guy who wrote who adapted the screenplay for Twelve Years a Slave. Uh -huh. A 
White guy? A great movie that everyone should see exactly once and then never again. Yeah. Um, do you know what movie he wrote before that? Okay. Let like, me let me try and think. Around 12 Years a Slave, what movie would it be like inappropriate for him to have written? It was decades before. Okay. I don't know. Tropic Thunder. Under Undercover Brother. <laughs> Wow. Because he was a, but it he honestly, was a stand-up shows... comic in the 80s. And then he oh, wrote yeah. Undercover Brother. And then he did some just like journeyman work. And yeah. then he fucking won an Oscar for his adaptation of 12 Years a Slave. It's crazy where people start. Like I've been listening to a lot of podcasts that say a lot of playwrights have been starting to been hired by TV shows. Just because yeah. they don't even want screenwriters because they're almost being poisoned because all screenwriting classes are being taught by people who aren't that good of screenwriters. That's why they're teaching classes, you know, whereas yeah. like these playwrights have these like beautiful voices and it's like, well, now we just have to get them to be able to write in this format, you know, and they also know how story they're, works. They're, they're great to be brought in to just punch up dialogue, not oh, necessarily... Yeah. They're not necessarily the people you want to come in that's like, all right, so after this car chase happens, where should we fly to? But it's yeah. like we have these two people in a room and they need to talk to each other and it has to be interesting and they have to say what we want to say but not directly say what we want to say. And they're like, yeah, yeah that's our whole shit. Anyway. Yeah, it's almost like how you would have like a stand-up comic on on uh, staff to like punch up a moment. You can like punch up the drama of a moment by having like a playwright just some like yeah. dark brooding individual in the corner of the room mm. who's like f- constantly smoking a corn cob pipe or something. <laughs> yeah, you got it. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. I think that's how playwrights work. Uh, Timmy, you got any shows this week? Uh, yeah. Kevin and I are doing our uh, headline, like our swapping of headlining. The two weeks you do at Emerson, so I'll be in Hamilton on Tuesday if you want to come by. Oh yeah. Oh fuck yeah. yeah. I'll definitely come out. Fuck yeah. So you and then, you and Kev are both going to be in Hamilton this Tuesday? Yeah. Sick. Just come fuck out, yeah. man. Okay. Well, and, Hamilton, uh, if you're listening, come check this out. It's going to be a fucking stellar open mic. That's free. And then really free. If you are around November 27th, come see Doug Koning's album release at Comedy Bar. It is yeah, at 8 check it p.m. Out, it is $10 flat. They asked if they asked if I wanted to absorb the taxes. I said yes. So Respect. two tickets I is saw $20. That. <laughs> yeah, please. Toronto friends, please, for the love of God, if you're hearing this, come out to this fucking show. It's going to be fun. I'm going to literally book all my favorite comics from Toronto on it, and we're just going to have a good time. And if you're a Toronto comic listening to this and he doesn't book you, now you know where you stand. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah, you're not one of my favorites. Maybe work harder. <laughs> We're a little hard. You, you, you can get on my roster. Uh, this Friday, I'm doing a show in Coburg uh, at the Best Western. Maybe that's the hotel we're staying at, too, with uh, be me, oh, Mitch boy. VK, Mitch Gladney, Clifford Myers, and Jason Allen. Hell of a that's fucking a stack lineup. show. Hell of a show. That's and then on Friday, really I'm at uh, Nickelbrook in Burlington, which is a brewery. So come check that out. Nice, my lineup's man. all right. <laughs> but this Friday show is going to be kick ass. So if you're in Coburg, come to that. <laughs> All right, man. It was good to see you. Yeah, you too, buddy. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We love you. Goodbye.